The Guardian. Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes creating a professional website for your business, personal brand or portfolio so easy it's newsworthy. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer Guardian to get 10% off. I'm Vicky Frost and this is the final of four programmes looking at audio documentaries from around the world. Uh, we're doing this because this year Sheffield DocFest has launched a new award to celebrate the depth of talent in the audio industry. Nina Garthwaite is organising the award with her company In The Dark and she joins us now. Hello Nina. Hello Vicky. So you've brought along one more doc uh, for us to hear. Uh, where are we going today? We are going to Paris with, um, with a Belgian tour guide. Let's take a listen. Paris. A beautiful city. A city of many clichés. And one cliché says you can feel a little bit overwhelmed by Paris. I feel it. I feel a little bit lost. But you can easily hide here. In the subway, for example. Beware of pickpockets. Make sure your bags are properly closed and keep an eye on your belongings. People avoid looking at each other in the subway. I do my best to pretend I belong here and walk quickly along with the crowd. There is a woman sitting on her knees in the middle of the metro hall and a crowd of people floats around her. I think those women are in a trance. Those women are in a trance. That they can sit there all day. I get off on Avenue President Kennedy. Random. I have no purpose. I step on the bridge over the Seine. The first thing I see is the Statue of Liberty. Strange. In the middle of the Seine, there is an island. The island starts somewhere near the Eiffel Tower and there are boats with tourists over there. I look down on the island. I see a plot of land with poppies, a wild meadow with overgrown grass and red flowers. A garden in the middle of Paris. What strikes me is that the city benches under the bridge are arranged in a symmetrical manner. I see that someone has painted the perfectly symmetrical benches with white round spots in a perfectly symmetrical way. On the middle bench, under the bridge, 
there is a neat little house made out of layers of plastic. On a small footstool in the sun, there is a woman quietly doing the laundry in a plastic bucket. The bucket is also painted in white round spots. She's sitting with her back towards the Statue of Liberty. And the Statue of Liberty, too, has her back turned to the woman with the hat. Wicker hat. Socks in sandals. I notice that everything that belongs to her is painted with white spots. I look around me. It's quiet here. The sun is shining and the flowers wave in a warm wind. It's like I'm on a farm in the countryside. The woman washes quietly. I cannot see her face because of the hat. I want to speak to her, but I don't know how. Silence. What do you do all day when you're homeless? How do you become homeless? Do you have a home somewhere else, maybe? A home with a garden? Do you like to be homeless? Is it a, is it a choice? Where do you get your stuff? Don't you get scared at night? We sit together. It's quiet here. The woman wrings out her clothes and stands up. She walks towards the Santa. A pair of red lacy panties falls out of her bucket. I call her. She doesn't react. I jump right up and pick up the underwear. The woman turns around and looks up from under the hat. I'm startled and try not to show it. The skin of her face and arms is peeling off. I try not to blink. I don't understand what she's saying. She walks to the Seine. One bucket with white spots is tied to a string and she throws that in the Seine. And the other one is for rinsing out the clothes. She returns to her little bench. We smile at each other. I want to ask her how it feels to live here. She hangs the clothes on a drying rack in her little plastic tent. Calmly, she puts on her watch and slides rings onto her fingers that she had put aside on the little wooden table. The same gesture that my mom makes after doing the dishes. From the corners of my eyes I see her rummaging in her tent. She comes towards me. I think she will ask me to go away. I stop recording. I better stop. Rustle of cardboard and tinfoil. I look up. She holds out a bar of chocolate. She breaks the chocolate in the pack so she wouldn't touch it with her fingers. She has good manners. Where does the chocolate come from? She must have kept the chocolate in her tent for a special occasion. Am I a special occasion? Vai. Take, she says. Or I think she says. Fiori, I say, and point to the flowers. Are they hers? Manque di acqua, she says. They need water. I understand that. 
She points at the peeling red skin in her face. That is because of the water in the Seine, she says. Or I guess, she says. I want to say something nice. That dark chocolate is the best kind of chocolate. Something I normally would say over the fence to my neighbor. I try to make my words sound Italian. I try out every word I know. Allora. Ce sont les seuls mots que je connais. Allora. Um, per favore. Per favore. Senza parole. I understand that. Without words. That was Senza Paroli by Katerina Smets. I really enjoyed that. Um, It had a really amazing quality to it, I thought. Such brilliant storytelling. Yeah, it's very light. And I think that's one of the, it's one of the things I, I really like about it. It's, it's actually a very heavily narrated piece. And, so, you know, often with very narrated pieces, they can feel very written, you know, and you can really feel that, like someone's really trying to exercise their kind of, create. oh, look at me with my wonderful metaphors. and You know, and it becomes very heavy. And actually, it's so light that it's it's there, but it doesn't, it doesn't dominate the piece. I think that's, you know, just perfect audio poetry uh, in there. Yeah, she delivers it really beautifully as well, I think. Um, and there was a little bit where I was kind of thinking, no, I want to, I'm so, I'm sort of slightly confused by the fact we're in Paris and you're Belgian and yet I've not heard any French yet or I've not heard anything to place me there, if you know what I mean. But then we got there sort of, and it's a gorgeous story. It's lovely. I mean, one thing I think is quite interesting is it always feels a little bit like the mic. You know, the microphone's never right in the face of the subject, and I think it's so unusual for that. You know, she's talking to this woman, and and it's. I mean, it's a, it's the reality of you know a foreigner in 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 an unfamiliar land, but it's also you know this. It is the story of the producer who has to uh, for their job go up to people and go, uh, "Hello, here's a microphone in your face. I'm going to interview you now." And I love that that it's sort of expression of that sort of tentativeness which we all feel whether or not we're radio producers or just normal people we all see people and think oh I'd love to go and talk to them I'd love to go and find out what their story is and we know you know we're fearful that's that's the usual experience if you if you don't have a job to do you tend to go oh I'll probably I'll uh, you know I probably can't go over there and sort of start talking to her and obviously if you're a make a program maker you, you feel a little bit more of a compulsion like this is probably what you should be doing but it still doesn't mean that little bit of humanity isn't there where you're like you know and I love that she switches off she switches off the microphone she's like oh, I'm just not sure really whether she wants me to be to be recording and I think you so rarely hear that in a program because the job of the program maker is to be putting the microphone in the right place and I love that there's always that little bit of distance even you the sounds are often quite far away and you you get the feeling that she hasn't even while she is recording gone you know here's my microphone right in your you know there's and so I love that I mean and I think 
it's it's nice obviously it's nice because it's both the experience obviously of the program maker but it is it's it it, it sounds the way we experience just as as ordinary people in in foreign places that sort of feeling of like oh I want to touch it but I don't know if I'm allowed you know (laughs) (laughs) so it's lovely it's interesting use of narration as well I think because I mean she is narrating it uh and and she is telling a very compelling story but um it's not. It doesn't feel artificial. It, it, it is. Yeah, you're right. It's very light. I suppose that is the word for it. It's like a, it's like a layer of lace almost over the over the sound. So you know, it's there, but it's not there. You can see through it, and it doesn't it doesn't bury the recordings. It it sort of allows you to peer in through it. It is, and it's just it's just beautifully done. You you've obviously caught that lovely writing with a <laughs> layer of lace. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think one thing I will say is actually it's quite interesting. I mean, I don't want to generalise about the, the whole of continental European radio, <laughs> but I think there's definitely an element in there of the kind of radio that very rarely you get to listen to if you're an English speaker, which I do associate, I think, particularly actually with Scandinavian radio. You know, you sort of don't think about it till you think about it. But of course, like different nations have different... Uh, sort of sensibilities and different regions of the world have different ways of making radio and, and the one thing that you never get to hear is non-English language or, or, or radio that's not in your language or a language that you can speak because unlike film it's very rarely you know you don't get subtitled radio that's you can't do it we do do it by the way in the dark How does do you it. do it in the dark does it um well we subtitle it and we project a, a black screen with with the subtitles on it so as you're listening you can you can read the translations and we are doing that at Sheffield but in this case it's kind of lovely because what you have are i would say some of the traditions again in the in the narration in the story which are maybe less familiar to english speaking listeners uh, and so it's a bit of a treat because you you she's done it in English it was originally a, a Dutch there is a Dutch version and she's also made an English language version of it of this which incidentally hasn't uh, hasn't been broadcast anywhere so the Dutch p- version was broadcast on Dutch radio but this English version is just sort of there online you can listen to it and um, uh, yeah so it's it's kind of great because it's a you get to have a little bit of an insight into uh, radio. Uh, So if you do want to listen again, uh, there are links to all four programmes in this feed and on our SoundCloud page. And stay subscribed to Media Guardian to hear more interviews, insights and analysis in the future. Thank you so much, Nina Garthwaite, for joining us. I'm Vicky Frost. The producer was Matt Hill. Thanks for listening. For more great downloads, go to theguardian.com slash audio. Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, providing creative tools that help you bring your ideas to life. Squarespace offers free domain names, customizable designs, drag and drop tools, and 24-7 support. Squarespace also offers seamless e-commerce solutions for you or your small business. Every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website, so your content will look brilliant on any device. Start your free trial today. No credit card required. As a Guardian podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your new account by using the offer code GUARDIAN.